Victory Alabang Podcast. We hope this message encourages and inspires you today. Hey everyone, happy Sunday to all of you. And I would like to thank you for joining our worship service wherever you are, whether you're joining us at home, on Zoom, Facebook, or YouTube, or even the people here in our assembly hall. Thank you so much for worshiping today with us. Well, let's give God praise. And we are excited to see you here as well. We missed you for the past couple of months, but as Pastor Ariel mentioned last week that we will be reopening soon. So kindly watch out on our social media accounts on how to register so that you could join us in the following weeks. And uh, today, uh, by the way, I'm Bodhi. For those of you who don't know me, I'm one of the pastors here in Victory, and I'm covering for Pastor Ariel today. Uh, I know that you will miss him, but don't worry. It's just going to be one week. Uh, he's actually in our 2021 strategic planning. So kindly include that in your prayers. Uh, we would want the Lord really to show us the vision of where he wants us to go as a church next year. And don't again, he'll be back next week as we open our new series. Today is actually a very special day. Well, for one, because it's my mom's birthday. So happy birthday, mom. I love you. And second, uh, because today we are closing our 22-week series on the book of romance. Oh, dear. Uh, well, you know, uh, it's really special. And as we studied this book for the past months, I realized that there are things in our lives that we never get tired of looking at. Would you agree? Like a watch or a pair of shoes or a bag, depending on what you collect. Probably a new car. Or I'm sure that a lot of you would agree, a new plant. You stare at it as if that it would grow in an hour. Or probably for the ladies, an engagement ring. Or for the married couples, your spouse. I hope that you don't get tired of looking at your spouse. Um, and, you know, when, before you sleep, you look at it. And when you wake up in the morning, first thing you do is you check on it. You know, check that if it's still there. And the more we look at this thing, the more we appreciate its beauty. And every time we look at it, we always find something new. Even the most minute detail. You know, you begin to say, wow, this is the first time that I'm finding out about this. I'm really thankful. You know, it becomes something that we are grateful for that we have this thing. What is that thing for you? For the people here in the assembly hall, what is that thing for you? If you're at your homes, you know, kindly write it down in our chat box. I'd love to hear your answers. Actually, read your answers later. But yeah, what is it for you? Sabi nun tech natin, crush daw. The crush is not yours. So it has a different effect. But, you know, that being said, that's what we've been doing for the past 22 weeks. We've been looking, staring, gazing at the message of the gospel. That's what the book of Romans is all about. And you know, as we have been looking at it, I pray that we have been appreciating it more. The gospel is such a simple, yet a powerful message that can change lives. We are all sinners. We don't deserve anything but death. But God, His amazing love, looked at us who were hopeless. And He sent His one and only Son, Jesus Christ, to pay the penalty for our sins. He came down from heaven and here he lived the perfect life, sinless life that we were supposed to live. And then he died the most painful, the most humiliating death in our place 
Three days later, he rose again, showing that he has truly won the victory over sin and over death. And right now, those people who used to be hopeless, those people who, you know, used to be destined for eternal damnation, you and me, now we have that wonderful opportunity to receive forgiveness, to receive salvation, and to have hope. That is what the whole letter of Paul is all about. The finished work of Jesus Christ, the gospel, what it means for us, and how we are to respond to it. People actually call this the greatest letter of all time. They say that it's Paul's magnum opus, masterpiece. And rightfully so, because it is so beautifully written. It, every time you read it, you know, you learn more about God. But at the same time, as you read it, we are able to experience transformation. And we are able to get eternal assurance, assurance of life. And now as this 22-week series comes to a close, we will see how Paul closes this amazing letter. And this is a tall order. Because, you know, for movies, for TV shows, even for sales pitches, you know, we know that the ending is really important. Endings are make or breaks. And today we will see how Paul ends this letter. Let's see if he ends it with justice. I'd like to invite everyone to open your Bibles to Romans chapter 16, we'll be reading the last three verses of this book, 25 to 27. I'll be reading from the ESV version. It says here, Now to him who is able to strengthen you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery that was kept secret for long ages, but has now been disclosed and through the prophetic writings has been made known to all nations according to the command of the eternal God to bring about the obedience of faith to the only wise God be glory forevermore through Jesus Christ. Amen. That is the word of the Lord for us today. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this wonderful time. Thank you for your presence in our lives, and we thank you for your word that continues to speak to each and every one of us. Holy Spirit, right now we invite you. Work in our lives. Be our teacher today. Open our minds. Open our hearts to receive the message that you would like to give us, and we invite you to work in our hearts. Transform us to be the men and the women that you have called us to be. And Lord, in everything that we do, may you be glorified. Bless the preaching of your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So that is how Paul ends this wonderful letter. And if I'm being honest, this is one of those parts of scripture where it's easy to get lost. Lost, I mean, you know, when the first time I read it, I was looking for punctuation marks. I was looking for breaks because I did not know how to divide the sentences, the paragraph into sentences. You know, have you ever experienced being so excited about something that you just kept blurting out words, you know, because you couldn't contain it? Like, for example, um, Bro, have you tasted the burger dun sa may ano yung yung dun sa katabi nung nagsarap ng pati sobrang judi yung debat tikma mo. Para ano daw? Or probably you know you ask your friend, have you seen that new movie, that new series in Netflix? Yung yung artista yung pagkasama dun sa ano yung napakagaling umarte tapos basa nakakayak pero panoorin mo. Debat makes you go ano daw? You know it. 
you, you can't help but speak. Your mind is running faster than your mouth. And you know, you just keep going on because you're so excited. You're so filled with joy. And probably that was how Paul felt while he was writing it. Well, not exactly, but when I read it, that's how I see it. Paul was like, you know, writing like that after proclaiming who Jesus is, filled with joy, filled with praise, filled with thanksgiving. And, you know, that's probably how he felt. And the last section of this letter is actually known as a doxology. It comes from two words, doxo and logos, but I won't bore you with that. It simply means a short hymn or a short saying of praise to God. And it is a fitting way to end this beautiful letter filled with theology. And you know, that's what theology should do. Theology, sound doctrine, finding out more about God. It's not meant to puff us up with knowledge and make us feel as though we're so good, we're knowledgeable, we're better than other people, we're superior. That's not the purpose of theology. If we approach theology the right way, it would naturally lead us to genuine praise and true worship. What's the point of studying theology if it won't lead us to do what we were created to do? From the Westminster Shorter Catechism, it says, the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. Again, the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. Everything that exists and everything that happens is for the purpose of glorifying God. Our life's purpose is to honor God in everything that we do. It's not to find the right one. It's not to get rich. It's not to retire early. Although I know a lot of people would want that. Our life's purpose is to glorify God and to honor Him in everything that we do. Unfortunately, this purpose usually takes a backseat with all the things that are happening in the world. You know, with all of the things, the distractions that we sometimes mistake for greater priorities. Hustling to be able to pay the bills that are piling up. Running after deadlines at work or assignments in school. Trying to stay fit, trying to stay healthy. Juggling your chores at home, you know? Doing the groceries, cooking, laundry, helping the kids for <laughs> homeschool. You know? And sometimes picking ourselves up after, after facing problems left and right. And you know, those things are important, but nothing in this world should ever take precedence over God. That's why I believe the Lord is reminding us right now, whatever is on your mind, whatever you are worrying about, whatever is weighing you down, the Lord is reminding us that He has already taken care of it. He has taken care of it on the cross so that we could focus on what we are called to do, and that is so that we could worship Him. And as we look at these final verses of Romans, we will see how we can live lives that honor God through the gospel. Romans 16.25 says, Now to Him who is able to strengthen you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery that was kept long for ages. Paul is talking about the strengthening of the believers. The original Greek word that was used has something to do with stability, with steadfastness. And, you know, it means being fixed in a certain place or being established so that you can stand upright and basically become immovable. And 
I don't know about you guys, but I'm sure you would agree with me that that is a gift. All of us spend our lives trying to look for stability in a company or probably a family and security in our bank accounts or probably an early retirement plan. God wants to establish us in the right foundation so that even when problems come, even when storms hit us, we can continue to stand tall and honor Him with our lives. Again, how can we honor God with the way we live our lives? As believers, we are, we are to honor God by believing in His Word. Again, we honor God by believing in His Word. Now more than ever, as we have been hit by this pandemic, with all of the problems that we had faced, we face different problems, but all at the same time, we have seen the importance of being established. You know what happened? The, the foundations that we have built our lives upon, stood upon, and you know, put our security on, finances, career, um, investments, properties, even people. They have let us down. And, you know, that's what happens when crisis, we are faced with crisis. You know, when we are shaken, all of us seem to be scrambling, trying to look for solid ground, trying to look for something to hold on to. And again, crisis does that to us. It shows us where we put our security on and faith on. And it reveals to us whether it's really trustworthy or not. Hebrews 12, 27 says, this phrase, yet once more, indicates the removal of the things that are shaken, that is, the things that have been made, in order that the things that cannot be shaken may remain. Where do you put your security on? Right now, as we are facing this crisis, are you standing on solid foundation? Do you find yourself experiencing inexplicable peace? Do you find yourself still filled with hope and joy even in the midst of this pandemic? Or do you find yourself most of the time flustered, frustrated, angry, worried and anxious about what's going to happen tomorrow? Now, don't get me wrong. As humans, it's normal for us to feel that way. But we should not park there. Again, as believers, we know that we could always run to the Word of God. We know that we could hold on to it. We know that it will remain true whatever it is that we are facing. Paul shows us in verse 25 how we can be eternally established. And how does that happen? In the gospel and only by God. With life's uncertainty and the storms, we've been recently hit by one. By the way, if you have the heart to donate and to help out our countrymen, kindly check out our social media accounts so that you could see how, how you could help out. But yeah, with all of the storms hitting us left and right, we know that we would be lost. We know that we would be hopeless. We know that we would go crazy apart from God. When trials come, I pray that we would always remember that it's not about what we have. It's not about what we have accumulated, but it's about who we have in our lives we are to be established in the work of Jesus Christ. It says in Romans 8.31, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? 
Again, as we are facing all of these problems, I pray that we would remember who is with us, our all-powerful God. Let's fix our eyes on Him. Are you scared of the virus? Remember, God will protect you. Are you sick? God will heal you. Is there someone who wants to harm you or wants to destroy your reputation? God will defend you. Are you worried about your needs? The bills that you have to pay tomorrow, God will provide for you. Are you feeling down? Are you feeling low? God will be the one to comfort you. We know all of these things with so much confidence because it is written in the word of God and we can be assured that we can claim it because of the victory that has already been won on the cross. The gospel reveals the one true immovable foundation that we can put our faith in and that is Jesus Christ. Again, the gospel reveals the one true and immovable foundation that we can put our hope on, and that is Jesus Christ. It's nice to note that establishing and strengthening are also themes that Paul talked about when he opened the letter to the Roman church. In Romans 1.11, he says, For I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. In the opening chapter of the book of Romans, Paul talked about the human side of establishing, the preaching of the word, us hearing it and us receiving it. That is the human side. We are to hold on to it and we are to declare it every time we face troubles. But in the closing verses, he talks about, you know, us being established does not depend on us. Us being established is actually dependent on God's power, God's wisdom, and God's love for us. Paul highlights again that it is not according to our own strength. Romans 16.25 says, Now to him who is able to strengthen you, again, now to him who is able, he will be the one to establish us. We are not the ones to establish ourselves. I don't know but, about you, but for me, that is very comforting. It means that with all of my shortcomings, I will be established. It means that with all of the trials and challenges that we will face in this world, we will be established. Actually, he uses those trials and challenges so that we would be established. Even with our stubbornness, even with our faithlessness, we will be established. Of course, the Lord invites us to cooperate by obeying him. But you know, even without obedience on the onset, let me tell you, we will be established. He is able. A tip for all of you people though, you know, again, uh, without obedience on the onset, on the onset, we will be established, but it is best that we cooperate with God earlier because it will save us a lot of tears and a lot of pain. I'm sure that the people here in the assembly all would agree with me. We all had those moments where of, of delayed obedience, of ignoring God's voice. And we say to the Lord, you know, Lord, saka na lang yan. But then when we finally obeyed, we said to ourselves, I wish I had obeyed earlier so that I could have enjoyed this earlier. It could have saved me from all of the trouble. So, you know, if, if God is asking you to do something today, don't delay. But again, regardless, we will be established. He is faithful he will never give up on us. His purposes will always prevail. 
The writer of this letter, Paul, experienced this firsthand. Paul used to be known as Saul. He was a young, bright, and ambitious Jew who had so much potential. But unfortunately, he stood for the wrong things. He actually led the teams who were killing the believers. And you know, he thought he was doing the right thing. But isn't it the same for us as well? Before we met Jesus, we thought we were going on the right direction. But it wasn't until Paul met him that Paul realized how lost he was. God, in his wonderful grace, was the one who humbled Paul. He was the one who enlightened Paul. He was the one who established him in the word and in a relationship with him. Can you relate with that? You know, looking at our lives, if God did not intervene, where would we be right now? We're not exactly murderers like Paul, but would we actually be listening to this preaching? Would we be actually seeking God? Where would we be? Again, if you're at home, kindly share, where would you be without God in the comment section? I'd love to read that later. For the people here, where would you be? Probably you know, gambling, with your friends drinking, doing drugs, still stuck in that immoral relationship, or probably you know, chasing after things that aren't really important, wasting our time behind bars. If you have been set free from all of those things, Praise God, it is only by His grace. But if you are still there, again, if you are still there, I hope that you don't get this the wrong way, but I would say praise God still because I know that He is at work in your life. He is working. And I pray that today you answer that invitation for you to come to Him and allow the Holy Spirit to be the one to enlighten us and use the empowering of the Holy Spirit to break free from these sins. He sanctifies us. And that's the beautiful thing about the strengthening and the establishing of God in our lives. It is an ongoing process, a continuous process from glory to glory. As we are living here on earth, we will never reach that point where we would say, oh, praise God, I'm already established. Again, us being strengthened and established would go on until the time that we meet Jesus face to face. And we are thankful again because we have a God who never gets tired of us who continues to reach out to us and who faithfully works in our lives, in our hearts to bring us to a place of steadfastness, to bring us to a place of stability and peace. If God wills it, it will surely happen. Again, as the verse says, He is able. He is able. The Greek word used for able is derived from the same word that means dynamite. Can you say that with me? Dynamite. Can you say that? Dynamite. Now I know what's happening in your mind. Na, 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 eh? Sorry, I just have to do it. But you know, it's an explosive power. It's an explosive power that cannot be contained. And when we talk about power, I know that as people, we usually gauge it with the external change that it can make. But I believe that greater power is required to make a change internally. And that's what happened to us. You know, a change of heart, a change of mind, a change of direction. No power in this world would be able to do that. Only God would be able to do that. We tend to look for miracles that manifest itself externally, but I believe the greatest miracles happen inside of us, in our hearts. 
And you and the people here, we are testaments of this miracle. We are thankful for this wonderful miracle that God has done in our lives. That's what the gospel does. It transforms hearts. It transforms minds with an eternal effect. It is the message that is revealed to everyone. Paul said that it used to be a mystery for ages, but now it has been revealed in the person of Jesus Christ. In the Old Testament, they talked about salvation. They talked about redemption, a king coming to establish his kingdom. It was a mystery to all, but everything became clear through the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The salvation that we have now is all the work of God through Christ Jesus. We have no contribution. He was the one who established us. You know, left to ourselves, we would not even sit down to listen to the gospel being preached. But he opened that door of opportunity and he opened our hearts. Left to ourselves, we would not even understand the message of the gospel with our pride, but he gave us wisdom. And with all of our doubts, with all of our skepticism, it would not be easy for us to believe the gospel. But he was the one who gave us the faith. Again, when it comes to our salvation, we don't have any participation. All we did was to use what was already given to us and we are thankful to God. He is the one who establishes us. Now going back to Paul and his encounter with Jesus, afterwards, Paul faced a lot of terrible things. Storms, loss of a friend. Um, he faced persecution. He was a victim of violence, death threats, imprisonment. But because God established him in the word and in a relationship with Jesus, Paul continued to stand Firm, strong, and established. Because again, it was God who established him. And that is what God is doing in our lives right now. With all of the storms, he is establishing us. And what is our participation here? To trust him. He remains in control. To trust him, to surrender to him, and to obey him. We are being established. A lot of you would love this. We are being planted in the midst of this chaos. And we can praise God whatever situation we are in because of the sure victory that we have in the gospel. We honor God by believing in his word, whatever we are facing. Point number two, we honor God. We honor God by living out his word. Again, we honor God by living out his word. It says in Romans 16, 26, but has now been disclosed and through the prophetic writings has been made known to all nations according to the command of the eternal God to bring about the obedience of the faith. God's word was given to us, not just to, not just to, for us to, what, for us to study, but for us to follow. And when we talk about following God's word, we follow it filled with faith, filled with thanksgiving, not a forced kind of following. You know, we need to make sure that we do the right thing right. Again, we are to do the right thing right. And Paul stressed this even in the opening of the letter. He was saying that it is important for believers to obey. Now, a lot of people would usually mistake this kind of obedience and say that, you know, oh, so works are needed for me to be saved. And, you know, there are people who bring it to two extremes. Two extremes, that's why we have to be careful. Paul also warned the Roman church of that, that false teachers would come. And again, they brought it to two extremes which resulted to false gospels. One side, most of the people in our nation actually believe in legalism, that we are saved by faith, yes, but we need to obey in order to keep it. That's wrong. 
I pray that in our 22-week study of the book of Romans that we already know that we are saved by grace through faith alone in Jesus Christ. And there is that other extreme, the other group that believes that, hey, it, because I'm saved, then I could live any way I want even if it is living in sin. Very, very wrong. It says in James 6, 26, For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. Faith and works cannot be separated. Genuine faith is always accompanied, as Paul explains in Romans 6, with a newness of life. Martin Luther says, We are saved by faith alone, but the faith that saves us is never alone. We obey not as a means of salvation. Our obedience is simply a fruit of our faith. They're partnered. It backs it up. Like, for example, someone says sorry to you. What if someone says sorry but still continues to do the things that hurt you? Do you think that person is sincere when it comes to the apology? I don't think so. Same thing with our faith. If we say that we believe, but it's not evident in our actions, then we question ourselves, is that genuine faith or fake faith? Again, obedience is not something to be forced. It is something that comes out naturally from a heart that trusts God and is committed to obey His will and His purposes. We know that our faith is true and that we are established in the Word of God as it expresses itself outwardly and naturally. We honor God by living out His Word. Ephesians 2, 8 to 10 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of work so that no one may boast. For we are His workmanship. And I want to highlight this, created in Jesus Christ for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. As we live a life of obedience, we get to honor God, but at the same time, we get to point people to Him. I'm sure that many of us here experience the love of God and His grace through other people. You know, probably in the form of a free cup of coffee, a listening ear, a shoulder to cry on, a hospital visit, or probably some financial help, a word of encouragement, or, you know, even a simple smile being welcomed into this sanctuary. We have seen the love of God that way. For me, for me, it was people who spoke life and destiny to me. You see, before I never thought that I could make a big impact in the lives of other people. I usually thought, what, was, what am I going to say? What am I going to do? So, you know, I just lived my life thinking of what I want to do. But then as I met people in church, they were the ones who talked to me about my giftings, my potential, God's call for my life. And I was like, really? And you know, they, it didn't stop there. They journeyed with me. They taught me how to read the Word of God. They taught me how, they helped me fix my character according to the Word of God. They, they helped me grow in my giftings. They provided opportunities for me. They mentored me. And right now, I am standing here in front of you, hopefully making a big impact, not because of my words, not because of my wisdom or my skills, but because of the grace of God that is alive in my life. As I, I experience this firsthand, my prayer right now is for me to be used the same way as well. For me to be used to be a blessing to many. For me to be used to point people to Jesus Christ so that they too may be established. What was that for you? Who was that person and what did that person did for you when you were starting out as a believer? Why don't you tag that person right now in our comment section? Thank that person. Because we are where we are right now because of their obedience. They allowed themselves to be used by God. And I pray that as you look back at your beginnings, that you too would be inspired to say that, Lord, use me. 
just as God used others to engage us and establish us, may we allow Him to use us to help others as well. Matthew 5.16 says, In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Let your light shine before others. We are living in dark times. People are losing hope. People are getting depressed. People are, you know, cowering and living in the dark. They are filled with anxiety, with fear. But we have the message that brings hope, the same hope that it brought us. Let us help them to be established in the gospel by preaching the word for them, for, by extending the gospel to them, the love. Let us allow the message of the cross to rise up, to be proclaimed this time. We all know the world needs this message right now. And Romans 16, 27 says, To the only wise God be glory forevermore through Jesus Christ. Amen. Paul declares that at the end of everything, that it is only God who deserves all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise, no one else. We can be established and we can show love only because God has established us and God has shown us love. And even the salvation plan, no one else could think of that. Only God in His infinite wisdom, His matchless power, and His great love could think of something like that. Imagine you and me. What is our contribution to Him? What can we do that would benefit Him? No, we are sinners. Why would he go through all of the trouble just to save us, to die on the cross, to show us love? He alone deserves all the glory, honor, and praise. And how do we respond to that? Paul shows us in the final verses of this letter, praise, worship, and surrender. The greatest way that we can honor him is to live Christ-like lives obeying the will of God, expressing His love to others, and proclaiming His gift of salvation to the whole world. Third point, we honor God by preaching His Word. Again, we honor God by preaching His Word. May we follow Paul's example of dedicating his entire life for the mission of God, for the mission that Jesus Christ left with us, even with all of the threats, even with all of the troubles. He decided to bring glory to Jesus Christ. In every experience, in every situation, everything that happens in our lives, may our prayer be, Lord, use this situation for you to be glorified. Help me to respond the right way. Help me to point people to you. Everything that exists and everything that happens is for the purpose of glorifying God. Again, everything that exists and everything that happens is for the purpose of glorifying God. And I go back to the beginning, just as we can't help but look at our faith, favorite things over and over again, I pray that we would never get tired of looking at the Word of God, of looking at the Gospel, of looking at His sacrifice over and over again. Every time we look at it, I pray that we would discover something new. Every time we look at it, I pray that like Paul, we would be filled with thanksgiving, with praise in our hearts, and it would lead us to worship Him. Everything that we do stems from this, and I pray that as people look at us, that they too would see the beauty of the gospel as we live our lives, as we talk to them, that they too would see the beauty of what Jesus Christ has done on the cross. Everyone in this world lives for glory. People of the world live for their own glory. I pray that as we live our lives, we choose to live for glory, not our own but for God's glory. We honor God 
by believing in His Word. We honor God by living out His Word. We honor God by preaching His Word. Believe it, the powerful message, the only one that can save us. Live it, the love that can transform hearts and preach it so that other people may receive salvation and that other people may experience this love as well. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your amazing love that you have shown through Jesus Christ. We thank you for the beautiful message of the gospel. We thank you for reminding us right now of your matchless love, how you offered your own son to be able to save no ones like us, to give us hope. And I pray, Lord God, that every time we remember this message, that our hearts will be filled with gratitude. As your children, Lord, we even ask for forgiveness for times that we became too familiar with this message. For times that we just saw it as, oh yeah, he died for me. We ask for forgiveness, oh Lord God, and we pray that you transform our hearts. Fill us with humility, knowing our place apart from you. And again, fill us with thanksgiving and gratitude as we look at your love. Help us to have a fresh perspective of your word, of your gospel. Lord, every time we look at it in the morning, may it set the tone for how we are to live our lives. Not only thinking of what we want to do, but asking you, Lord, how can I glorify you in this season? Even through the many troubles that we are facing right now, may we not be distracted from our ultimate goal, our ultimate purpose, which is to worship you. And Lord, right now we pray everything of us, every story in the past, everything that is happening right now, all of our skills, all of our talents, all of our relationships, everything that we have, may you use it for your glory. Transform us right now. And Lord, I lift up to each and every person right now. I pray, Lord God, that we get to respond to you with the worship that you deserve. Not just opening our lips and singing songs, but really worshiping from our hearts, from our souls, Lord God. Accept our worship today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Feel free to share this message with your friends too. For more information about our church, visit our website at www.victorialamang.church.